Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hey, happy Easter, everybody. My name is Josh, and I want to welcome you to Branch Life Church's online Easter worship celebration. We're so glad that you are able to join in online with us as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're going to talk all about that in today's teaching time And we hope that you will stay connected and that you will grab your Bible and join us in the book of Matthew. Here at Branch Life Church, we are going through the book of Matthew this entire year in 2021. So we have a free gift for you. If you would like it, you can get your hands on one of these Matthew journals. If you look in my journal, you'll see that it's already got underlines and circles and notes on the side. This is a great way to kind of stay connected throughout the year. And as we travel through this book, starting in verse 1, chapter 1, we're going to go through the entire thing by the end, uh, by the beginning of next year. Uh, you can journey with us. So this is a free gift for you and a free gift for everyone who joins us in person on Easter uh, at our brand new campus. Today, we are launching our brand new worship center in Pewtown, just south of Pottstown, Pennsylvania, and we're celebrating with all kinds of people. If you are local, we'd love for you to be able to join us over the next couple of months when worshiping in person is right for you. And if you are from out of town, you're worshiping with us because you are not nearby. We're so glad that we can worship together online. We'd encourage you to connect and engage with your online host. Let us know where you're worshiping from. Let us know what town you're in and say hi to the other people that are on the platform that you are watching through. For those who are joining us live at our Easter service, we are going over some of the songs that have been sung about Jesus' resurrection uh, for centuries and we're singing brand new songs together. You can see those songs anytime at branchlife.church slash Easter. And we're very, very, very excited about what God is doing next at Branch Life. And we hope that you will continue to engage and connect with us and that we together can be stronger. We believe that we're better together at Branch Life Church, better together virtually, better together in person, better together as we deepen our connection to Christ and reach our world. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Thank you to everybody who gives on a regular basis to make what we do possible. God is using your gifts in incredible ways through our community. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as well during our uh, service time, during our teaching time. So those of you that are, are tuning in for the first time, we welcome you. Please take a moment to fill out the online connection card that's available to you at branchlife.church. It's also being linked in your chat. And even if you join us every week, don't forget to fill that out now. I just want to be able to say to you in these moments, Happy Easter. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's celebrate together. Hey, if you have your Bibles, grab them, and let's go to Matthew chapter 4 together. This is a big day at Branch Life Church, not just because it's Easter, and we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus together. That would be a big day anyway. But this is the opening, or the launch, soft launch, of our brand new worship center. 
We are no longer a mobile church. We have a home base, and it's 780 Pewtown Road, Springtown, Pennsylvania. We're just south of, of uh, Owen J. Roberts High School. And I just want to take a moment to say thank you to so many different people who have made this day possible. Uh, we have adopted a church, Pewtown Baptist Church, that has been here for uh, over a century. This building that is our new worship center was built originally in 1856. We've had people that have helped with the mechanics and, and refinishing things and, and building things, work teams that have just for, for months been active. People have given financially and tons of people have been praying. I particularly want to thank those of you that have been praying. So for everyone who has given to make this day possible, man, we couldn't be more thrilled with what God's doing. And we hope that between April and September that we're going to be able to reconnect with our local branch church family, continue to connect with those of you that are worshiping with us online. And then in September, we plan on throwing a grand opening, a huge party for our entire community. And we hope that you will be a part of that if you can be and that you'll continue to support through prayers and through gifts. And, and we are celebrating today. Know that it's happening live uh, this Easter Sunday for the first time. We're offered three separate services for people to worship in. And uh, we, we can't believe that this day is actually here. We have been leading up to this day through a study that we've called Reintroducing Jesus. Now, here's, here's the thing that you are bringing to the table right now. You have an opinion of, about Jesus. Everybody does. And we all should. We all have to wrestle with who is Jesus? And, and the way that we answer that question makes a huge difference. What we've done so far in our study of Matthew is we've looked at who Jesus is introduced to us by or as by eyewitnesses, people who are actually there. You know, a lot of people think they know who Jesus is, whether he's a good teacher, whether he was a miracle worker, whether he was God, whether he was a fraud, whether he even existed or not. And you're bringing in these ideas of who Jesus was presented to you as. What we're doing in this series is we're stopping and we're reintroducing Jesus according to what the Bible says he is and who the Bible says he is. And then that changes us in incredible ways. So, so far we've gone through Matthew chapters 1 through 4 and we're finishing that today and then we're launching into Matthew chapter 5 and hold on to the very end because we're really going to get into some incredibly good news by the end of this talk as we launch then into our next series in Matthew. Here's the big idea for today that I want you to hold on to and think about no matter where you're at in your spiritual journey. Jesus, or who you believe Jesus is, changes everything. And when you see Jesus as the Son of God, everything changes, and it changes immediately. You know, here's, here's the big introduction, here's the big reintroduction that Matthew does in the beginning of his book. He introduces us to Jesus as the Son of God. Now, do you believe it? I mean, is it possible to know for sure whether or not Jesus was the Son of God? Is it possible to know for sure that Jesus rose again from the dead? And you are probably on a spiritual journey somewhere where you're considering, yes, I believe it, I think it's maybe possible, but I'm not sure if I believe it or no. I don't believe and I don't think it's possible. I want you to think about this, this author of this book, Matthew. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 17 through 25, we are told about who Jesus is from somebody who was a part of Jesus' life, an eyewitness. You know, this week we've been watching the George Floyd uh, uh, criminal trial. 
And in the George Floyd criminal trial, they showed that now famous video that we've all seen. We've all watched the video and we've all watched it over and over again. And in the beginning of the trial, they showed the jury that video. However, they didn't stop there. Why isn't the video good enough in a court of law? Why doesn't the video count and why can't we just go from there and pronounce judgment? Instead of just showing the video, what they've done over the course of this first week is they've brought in the eyewitnesses who were there for that horrible event. They brought in the young lady who took the video and her cousin. They brought in the eyewitness who you could hear talking on the video, the firefighter that wanted to intervene. And they've put these people on the stand so that they can give an account of what they saw. In the court of law, eyewitness testimony carries the day. It's, it's the most important evidence for proving the actual truth of the events. Here in the book of Matthew, you have an eyewitness account of Jesus, who he was, and what he taught, and what he did. And here's the incredibly crazy thing about Matthew. When he saw Jesus as the Son of God, it changed everything. Matthew was a skeptic. He was on that spectrum, someone who thought, I, I, maybe Jesus is a good person, but I don't actually believe that he's the Messiah, Savior, Lord, Son of God. Yet, when Matthew saw Jesus as the Son of God, he gave up everything. He went from being a thief, a tax collector, to a discipler, a follower, a preacher. He gave his life for Jesus. It completely transformed him. Why? Why would, why would anybody go through that, that radical transformation? In Matthew, you see his story. So we're catching up to Matthew's story as he's talking about the beginning of Jesus' life and why he believed Jesus was the Son of God, and not only why he believed it, but why his other disciples also believed it. And he's telling their story. If we go to Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is just beginning his ministry. And we want to read these verses together in Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 17. It says, From that time Jesus began preaching, saying, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was the message of Jesus. And that's a confusing message for a lot of people, but it's an incredibly powerful and positive message. It's the same message that John the Baptist had earlier. And Jesus is now saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 18, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. They were casting their nets into the sea because they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately, immediately, they left their nets and followed him, going on from there. And, and they, saw, uh, they saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a boat with their father, mending their nets. And he called to them. Immediately, they left their nets and, they, and their father, and they followed him. And then he went through all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people, so that his fame spread through all Syria, and that brought him, they brought him the sick and those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons uh, and, and the paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed from Galilee and from uh, uh, Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. And seeing the crowds, 
He went up on the mountain, and he sat down, and his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them. You see, in this incredible passage, we see eyewitness account of how seeing Jesus as the Son of God changes absolutely everything. In this first section, in this first passage, that first verse, Jesus begins his ministry and he says, hey, uh, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And here's an incredible way to think about the word repent. A lot of us think about it as like putting on ash, clo ash clothes and crying and gnashing our teeth and saying that we're horrible people. Really repent at its core means to rethink or, or to turn direction. We've been saying over the last few weeks, turn in your crown. Jesus is asking you to rethink. He's asking you to rethink who your king is and who the best king for your life is. Today, on this Easter Sunday, I would ask you to rethink. Rethink who the king of your life is because Jesus' kingdom is at hand. And then the next verse, as he's calling his first disciples to him, he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And here's that word that kind of jumped out at me, and immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Why, why would anyone immediately abandon everything and follow Jesus? The only reason you would follow Jesus, the only reason these guys would follow Jesus, is because they saw him as the Son of God. What did they see and what did they know that caused them to follow Jesus? For those of us that are on a spiritual journey and we still aren't sure, today I want to give to you uh, some, some things to think about, about why you should follow Jesus. And for those of us who are following Jesus, uh, or are committed to Jesus, I want to ask you, are you following him every day? Or are you getting distracted? Are you, uh, through all the events of this year, discouraged and, and not pursuing Jesus with your whole heart, with your whole life, with your whole family and your whole being? Just this week, there was an incredible illustration of this on a viral video. And it's a viral video about a bear family and the mom who tried to get her cubs to follow her. Watch this video and let's see if we can appreciate the moral of the story. Go, 
fantastic video, man. We all cheered for those little cubs as they finally made it across the road. Here's the moral of the story. Don't be like cub number four, right? Cub number four, grasping onto what he knew, the pole, trying just to hold on for dear life when he should have been following that mama bear who was going to take that, him to safety. We are so often cub number four. We're so often the ones that want to do it our way, that want to go our own direction when the one who's powerful, the one who knows everything is saying, hey, follow me. Just follow me and I'll get you to safety. Follow me and I'm going to show you life and life more abundantly. Follow me and, and I will change your life. God gives us the chance to follow Jesus. And I don't know where you're at in your spiritual journey, but if you're ready for a change, if you're in need of a life, life more abundant, if, if this last year has been a hopeless year or a year full of worry or anxiety or fret, Jesus wants to offer you, when you follow him, life and life more abundantly. He wants to show you the way. He wants to give you access to love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. A life following Jesus is a life worth living. So don't be like cup number four. Just let go and follow Jesus today. Jesus is calling you to do that. Now, in this passage that we're reading through, it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, that Jesus went through all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing. We want to look at this in detail as we continue going through, but here's kind of a first thought. It's kind of like a bonus thought that I want to give you. Jesus went. Jesus went. He, he's the one with the good news. He's the one with the amazing power. And he went. He went to the people. He went into the towns. And here's, here's what is powerful about that thought. Going is a great way to love your neighbor. Going is a great way to love your neighbor. We at Branch Life Church believe that we need to go. It is so important that we don't just hang out here in our new campus, that we don't just huddle together, but that we actively go to our neighbors, go to our community, go to our surrounding towns to show the love of Jesus. Going is a great way to show love. So here at Branch Life Church, one of our values is radical generosity. We want to go and we want to give to the community around us. We have been uh, radically pursuing generosity over the course of this last year as we've been a mobile church. During this pandemic, God has been able to use the people of Branch Life Church and the family of Branch Life Church to be an encouragement to their ones, to those that they're praying for each and every day that they're showing the love of Jesus to, to our community as a whole, our Pottstown community and, our, and the surrounding area. We've been investing in families in need, in those that have a hunger insecurity. And we've worked hard as a church to give generously as, as what God has given us because we believe that going is a great way to love your neighbor. Our value, our, our mission at Branch Life Church is to always be loving our neighbors and to be serving. And if you're looking for a church that believes in loving other people, that believes in serving, that believes in giving, we want to invite you to be a part of our branch family to help us to be better together as we serve and love other people. Over the course of the last six months, we've been actively involved in the Ashwood Fire Ministry. There's been 50 families that lost everything, and as we stand here this week, we are on the verge of seeing 100% of those families relocated into their permanent home. There's been definite highs and lows as we've ministered to these families and the, and the community around them. As we've continued to connect with our high schools and our local middle schools and elementary schools to help families and to help families in need. And just last week, 
As we wrapped up uh, Matthew chapter 4 in last week's series, we heard from one of our neighbors. They reached out to us by filling out their connection card, and that neighbor said to us, I'm ready to be a part of Branch Life Church. I have been uh, continually impressed or, or encouraged by how Branch Life Church has reached out specifically to be the hands and feet of Jesus for those families that lost everything in that fire. And I personally have been helped by the food ministries at Branch Life Church. She said in her note to us that that's the church that she wants, that's the kind of church that she wants to be a part of. We can't be more excited to have new family members becoming a part of Branch Life Church on a regular basis as we live out Jesus' example of going, of going into our community and of loving our neighbors and going is a great way to do that. Hey, that was just a bonus thought as we saw that phrase that Jesus went. Now, what did Jesus do when he went? Jesus went throughout all of Galilee teaching. He went through all of, all of Galilee teaching in the synagogues. Man, he went out there and he said, I've got some truth to give. I've got some truth bombs that I want to drop on you. And here's the first thing that changes when you see Jesus as God. The first thing that changes when you see Jesus as God is this. Oh, excuse me. I just flipped through it. Who Jesus is changes the way we think. Who Jesus is changes the way we think. You know, when you see Jesus as God, now your thinking changes. It's kind of that moment when the impossible becomes possible. I didn't think that could actually happen. I didn't think we could actually go there. Yet Jesus brings to us the opportunity to see him who he is. And when we see him as the son of God, we realize that we have access to God himself. And our change, our thinking changes. And the more we know Jesus, the more we know about Jesus, the more we build our relationship with Jesus, the more that our thinking changes. Here's the difference between Jesus and religion. Religion is trying to change what you do. They're trying to just cause you to have a behavior change. But Jesus changes the way you think. And it's a powerful difference. You see, if, if I want to get my teenager to clean her room, I can constantly go after that behavior. And I can say, hey, change your behavior, clean your room. And if she doesn't clean her room, I say, if you don't clean your room, you're going to get in trouble. And, and you're going to have... Uh, be grounded, or you're going to lose screen time. That's the one that usually works the most. And, and we can constantly have this battle of trying to get our teenager to, to clean their room, when really, instead of trying to change her behavior, we should be trying to change the way she thinks. Instead of saying, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room, we should be able to teach our kids why they should clean their room. You know, if your room is, is clean, then you're going to be free from germs and bugs. There'll be less ants crawling in your room. Your, your clothes will smell better, which means that your friends around you won't think that you stink. You'll be able to find things when you keep things organized quicker and you won't be as frustrated in the morning when you're trying to get dressed and make it to the bus. And if we give all of these positive reasons, all of these, these thought reasons for changing behavior, then the teenager will want to clean their room. We won't constantly just be going after behavior, but we'll be going after the thinking behind it. Teach a man to fish, and they'll have a fish for their lifetime, instead of just getting them to have behavior modifications. As Christians, 
We believe that Jesus changes the way that we think. And if someone doesn't know Jesus, why would we expect them to act any different? But so often, Christians are accused of judging other people's actions, when really, Christians should be about presenting the truth of Jesus, teaching you who Jesus is, so that we can change together our thinking. And then that lets us know how we should behave and how we should live. As we think about this incredible challenge about changing our thinking, you're probably there in need of some change in your mind. It's been a hard year for everybody, and we've been going through a difficult season. We've been isolated, we've been socially distanced, we've been frustrated, we've been angry. And, and it, Jesus offers you a change of thinking. The Bible says that when we connect ourselves to Christ, that he helps us to bear fruit, and that fruit that he helps us to bear is the fruit of love of patience, of kindness, of peace, and of self-control. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says to you and me, Brothers, I want you to concentrate your mind or your thinking on what is good, on what's true, on what's praiseworthy, and what's excellent, or what's of good report. When Jesus changes our thinking, he enables us to have a mind that is powerfully pursuing the right things, thinking on the right things. Today, if you've been battling discouragement, if, you're, if you just can't seem to get above the anxiety of the season that we're in, if you've been marked by fear, Jesus wants to change your thinking. He wants to be able to bring into this season in your life joy and peace that is unexplainable. It's only found through Jesus. That's the power of seeing him as the Son of God. As this verse continues on, Jesus went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Again, this is just going to be a bonus thought for you, but here's some really good news. The, God, the kingdom of God really is good news. When, when Jesus says he's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, he's simply saying, listen, I've got good news. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. In our past studies, we've been looking about how incredible it is to be a part of the kingdom of God, that we should turn in our crowns and we should give our crowns to Jesus and let him be the king of our lives. That's good news. You, you don't want to be in charge of your life because you make a horrible king. I would much rather have the God of the world, the creator of the universe, the all-loving savior of mankind as my king than me, just little puny limited me. When I turn over my crown, I realize that a rescuer is here, that a king is here, that a savior is here, and I can rethink my life, my roles, and my responsibilities, and follow Jesus. And it's incredibly good news that what has been broken can now be fixed. That's what Jesus offers. And Jesus is going around saying, I've got good news. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is within reach. And here's how you become a part of the kingdom of God. You simply accept the gift of salvation. Repent because the kingdom is at hand. Has there been a moment where you've decided to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Where you've decided to, to acknowledge that you are sinful, that you are weak, that you need a Savior, that you can't save yourself? If you haven't done that today, I want to invite you into a personal relationship with Jesus. And it's, it's something that can be simply done in your mind. Just admit to Jesus that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus died and rose again from the dead. That's why we celebrate Easter. 
and then accept that free gift of salvation that he offers. What's been incredibly cool over this past week is we have had a chance at Branch Life Church to celebrate five baptisms. That's five people who have made the decision to follow Jesus and to become a part of the kingdom of God. Five people who have repented, who have rethought, and have turned in their crown. We want you to hear their stories. And maybe their stories will encourage you in your story. And for those of you that are followers of Jesus, baptisms are something to celebrate. So in your house, in these moments, as these people get baptized, I want to hear some cheering, some, some screaming, some yelling, and some clapping as we celebrate these five that have taken this incredible step of baptism. Let's go and watch these videos. Hi, I'm Nico, and I'm 13 years old, and how I got connected is by my mom. I'm Connie, and I'm old enough to be Nico's mom, so I'm very <laughs> proud of that. My name is Cassidy Johnston, I'm 16, and my mom connected us to the church. My name is Macy Johnson, I'm 10 years old. My name is Caitlin Mays, I am 14 years old, and I've been going to Branch Life Church since the start of the summer. Hey, tell us about the time you decided to follow Jesus. Well, it was a while ago, but um, I just thought that, you know, my, I was always scared of, you know, dying or something. And I was like, well, you know, if, if like believing in Jesus means going to heaven, going to heaven means eternal life. And like, you're always happy. I didn't have to worry about anything anymore. So it was before the, it was the night before my mom went to the hospital and I was afraid she was going to die. And I didn't know what happened after a person died. And she said that we are all sinners and that we need to ask Jesus to forgive our sins and ask him to come into our hearts. And then she helped me pray. And I prayed that if he could forgive my sins and, and I asked him to come into my heart. And then now I tell my friends about him, and I'm not afraid to die because I know I'm going to heaven. It was several years ago on Easter. Um, I didn't know what the like what the purpose of the holiday was, so I asked my mom, and she told me how he died on the cross for our sins so that we could go to heaven, and that he rose again. So that day I prayed that he would come into my heart, and that I knew I was a sinner and that I needed him in my life. So, and ever since then I've felt more loved and secure, which I'm gonna share with others so that they can feel the same way. Okay, so I really um, decided to follow Jesus when I was young. I was a teenager when I um, belonged to Christian Endeavor and I accepted the Lord as my savior. Um, but I'm here today because um, throughout the, the journey of my life, um, I did get away from the church, and um, after a family tragedy, um, I feel like God redirected me, and um, 
and I was uh, redirected to come to Branch Life. And I'm happy that I was redirected because um, I realized that I was missing something in my life and that was what I was missing. I was missing, you know, the Lord. Nico, why don't you tell us your story? All right, so when I was a little, more little, I um, always, like I always believed in Jesus, but I didn't really, really look into it more. And I always like followed him, but like I said, never really looked into it more. And then um, last Christmas Eve, when we were at the Hill School uh, service, I went with my mom and I started looking at and more there. And um, I always been, became connected to it. And, and I always wanted, always wanted to get baptized, but never really. And then um, started going to church more and more. And then pandemic hit and I never went to church since this service today so mm -hmm. who's someone that God used in your life to bring you to Christ um, so initially I, I would say that it was my grandmother and my mother who brought me to Christ um, and they were a big part of my um, going to Sunday school and um, worshiping and reading the Bible um, and you know um, made sure I was part of that, you know, in, involved in the church um, during my younger days. But this last, the last time when I was redirected, um, I would say that um, the person that brought me to Christ was Jen Layton, who is going to be my sponsor today. And she was a big part of why I got to Branch Life and a big part of why I realized what I was missing in my life. I'd say my mom because, I mean, like I said, she brought me to the service um, at the Hill School last year and stuff, and um, she just helped me a lot and, like, always made me, like, question and answer my questions I had about Jesus, so, yeah. Uh, definitely my parents. My mom and my dad. My mom and dad. It's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great to hear those stories? Man, I want to stop right here and ask, have you accepted Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you're ready to get saved, if you're ready to become a follower of Jesus, you can simply go to the Gospel tab at ranchlife.church. You can hear all about how it is we can, we can follow Jesus. And it's as simple as believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you will be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but an everlasting life, and that can be you. If you've decided now to become a follower of Jesus, would you let us know in the chat? Would you raise your hand? Would you pray that prayer? Or 
go ahead and just run to this card and go ahead and fill out in that card, today I decided to follow Jesus. And maybe uh, we've asked everyone to fill out that connection card. You can do the same thing at this regular connection card. Whether you've been a part of Branch Life Services every week or this is your first time, you're invited to join the family of God. When you see Jesus as God, it changes everything. As we continue on with our verse, it says that he went through all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogue and proclaiming that the gospel of the kingdom. Then he was healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Here's the second thing that changes when you see Jesus as God. When Jesus, what, who Jesus is changes the way that we hope. You see, miracles bring hope. Miracles bring hope that, that are unlike anything else in the world. And do you believe in miracles? I do. There's overwhelming evidence in this world today that miracles are happening. You'd have to turn a blind eye to the unexplainable all around the world. Hear, hearing about different uh, uh, miraculous healings or, or changes in direction where God or somebody intervenes and, and what isn't possible becomes possible. It happens on a regular basis. And the Bible is full of miraculous stories where the weather changes, where the blind can see, the deaf be able, are able to hear, and even the dead are raised back to life. You see, God is a God of miracles. And when we believe in miracles, it changes the way we hope. A world without miracles is a hopeless world. A world where we are just here fending for ourselves and it's all on me and I've got to be the one to fix all the problems and heal all the brokenness and solve all the diseases. I've got to control the weather and I've got to, my own destiny in my hand. That's simply putting as much hope as you have in yourself. And there's not a lot of hope there. We are extremely weak and limited. We don't have knowledge. We don't have power. But we know the one who does. And when miracles become possible, our hope changes. We have hope for the future. We have hope for eternity. We have hope in trials, in pain, and in hurt. We're able to trust the God of this world who loves us and who is able to intervene on our behalf. Miracles are real. And for everyone who has experienced a miracle, there's a dark side to, to that experience. Because for everyone who's experienced a miracle, there's one who did not get a miracle that they hoped for. Maybe you've prayed a prayer and you've asked God to, to heal a family member or a friend. Somebody maybe who was sick with cancer or with COVID. But instead of seeing a miracle, instead of seeing healing, you saw death or pain. You see, God doesn't do every miracle that we ask him to do. We don't control God's miracles. But miracles nonetheless continue to happen. You see, God is working his will as he sees fit. What is best for his glory and his honor. What is best for your good and for mine. And when we are able to see that there is a God of miracles who is all-powerful and all-knowing, we can trust in that God and celebrate when he uses a miracle and celebrate when he does not. You see, we can't force God's hand. We can't make him do what we want to do. But prayer, nonetheless, is powerful because God is powerful. And we can pray and we can have faith that God always answers our prayer. He sometimes may say no, 
but he always answers. And even a no means God has our good in mind. I need to know that miracles are possible in this life and in the life to come. I believe in a God of miracles, and that gives me hope on this Easter Sunday. Because the greatest miracle of all is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus today. We sing these songs, new and old, that proclaim that Jesus is not dead, that our God lives, that he is alive and well, that we have a relationship with the king of the world who is forever in existence in all of eternity. He is alive, he is alive, he is alive, and we celebrate that resurrection, and it changes everything. This resurrection, this greatest miracle of all, brings us the greatest hope. Because if Jesus rose from the dead, then he is who he said he was. He is what the prophecies uh, talked about in times past. He is that miracle worker who got his power from God. He is truth. He is the way. He is the life. And we know it all because he rose from the dead. That's why we celebrate. Christ the Lord is risen today. That's why we raise our hallelujah. And that's why we have hope for eternity. Because Jesus is alive. Now, if you're on your spiritual journey you might be, and you might not be ready to accept the resurrection, today I want to say to you, I cannot prove to you that Jesus rose from the dead. I cannot take you back in time and show you the moment that Jesus got up from the tomb. We must accept this by faith. And you might be saying to yourself, hey, dead people don't raise from the dead, so I can't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I want to tell you why I believe Jesus rose from the dead and why it's changed my life. Because there were eyewitnesses, Matthew, Peter, Andrew, John, Mary, there were hundreds of people who saw Jesus die and then saw him alive. They, they wrote it down for us. They, they gave us their stories in these books, the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And God changed their lives. He changed their thinking. He, he helped, showed them miracles are real. He gave them hope. And he taught them how to live lives that were completely different from what they had before. He fixed their brokenness. And when Jesus died, these eyewitnesses were ready to walk away. They were ready to be done with Jesus. But something happened that radically changed their direction. You see, these disciples went back to fishing after Jesus died. They thought that they lost everything. They were in hiding. They were mourning and grieving. But something happened that completely changed their lives. Jesus showed up alive again. And these disciples, these eyewitnesses, went for the rest of their days proclaiming that Jesus was alive, not to their benefit, but to their deaths. They were each one. Matthew was in turn killed. Uh, Simon Peter was killed. John was exiled and died, proclaiming that Jesus had rose from the dead. And a movement started where millions upon millions of people believed that this incredible uh, event actually took place. You see, Christianity is not based on a book. It's not based even just on a person. It's based on an event, 
And that event is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus rose from the dead. And it's unbelievable. It's impossible. But when I know that the impossible is made possible, that his resurrection is the best explanation for the events that happened, that there's overwhelming evidence for it, and that I personally know Jesus is alive today because I experience him day in and day out. I see him work. I feel his presence. I can say to you that I believe Jesus is alive, and it gives me the greatest hope, and you can believe too. So whether you're considering Jesus and you're deciding whether or not to believe in him, I want to invite you into that relationship with Jesus now. Or whether you're a follower of Jesus, I want to look at you and say, are you cup number four? Are you out there saying, you know what? I do believe in Jesus and I am trying to follow him, but I'm holding on to my thing. I'm, I'm holding on to my way. I'm holding on to my life. Stop. Let go. Let Jesus follow. Follow Jesus. Don't make him come back for you. Just give up that thing that you're trying to convince yourself is right or, or is, is the way you're supposed to go, but you know it's against Jesus' plan. You know it's against Jesus' teaching. Give up that thing and fully follow after Jesus. Give him your time, your attention, your passion, and your worship. Follow him because his resurrection gives us the greatest hope that who he is is truth, that what he is is life, and that he is the way. And so I give him my life, and I follow him with every step, and I seek to know him more and understand him better, because he actually rose from the dead. I follow Jesus because I believe the resurrection is true. So why follow Jesus? Because the resurrection means Jesus is worth following. It means he is God, and it means we can give our lives to him. Here's what happened in the rest of this story as Matthew is explaining to you why people follow Jesus. He showed us that Jesus did all kinds of miracles as he was traveling around and teaching. And those miracles attracted attention. Those miracles got the, uh, the attention of the crowds. And great crowds followed him. They followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. And seeing these crowds, Jesus went up to the mountain, and he sat down, and his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them. What's going to happen in the rest of the story is Jesus is going to show us the third thing that changes when we see him for who he is. In the Sermon on the Mount, we see that Jesus changes the way we live. You see, God doesn't just give us hope for eternity. He gives us hope for today. You can live your best life when you follow Jesus. Why would I follow Jesus? Because you've just been reintroduced to Jesus as God, the resurrected Savior of the world. Because he is who he says he is, now I should follow what he says. Here's that next question. Well, what does he say? Jesus gives us incredible instructions about how we should live and how we should live the best life. He goes into the next several chapters of the book of Matthew into his teaching. This famous passage in the Bible is called the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus spells out to us how to have the good life. Over the next three months at Branch Lake Church, we're going to be studying the Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to be looking at how to have the good life, how to live the best life possible. And I want to encourage you to join us as we learn from Jesus firsthand 
as we listen to his teaching, as we understand what he says to us, as he starts this Sermon on the Mount, he says, blessed, blessed are those who follow his teaching. It's some incredibly powerful, radical, controversial teaching that Jesus is going to give us and that we're going to explore together <coughs> each and every Sunday. So will you join us starting next week and as we go on through these weeks, whether it's online or in person, we would love for you to be a part of our Good Life series. Check out this trailer.